Hello and welcome to Nebraska Prep Zone Report, a podcast from the World Herald. We are sponsored today by MD West One, Nebraska's most advanced sports medicine, neurosurgery, and spine care, covering greater Omaha for over 70 years. I'm your host, Jake Anderson. Joining me as always is Mike Sauter, and we are pleased to have special guest Sam McEwen on today. Yeah, I'm really special. Hey. <laughs> it's perfect timing with uh, Kobe Bretts committing over the weekend as well as getting an offer. Um, we had it lined up to have you come on before Bretts committed, and then I felt pretty dang smart when he did. Yeah, I'll tell you what, he may not be the only guy in the Metro who's looking at Nebraska here in the next two, three weeks, so uh, or in the next week. So he may be the beginning and not the end of a run in the local area. Sam, didn't you think that I'm gonna I'm gonna stick on Brett's and we can move to that later. Uh, didn't you think that I mean, and Kobe, I guess in the story that when I talked to him, he said, you know, he once Nebraska offered, it was over. Like he knew that's what he always wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, and that's that was a feeling you got kind of got too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you you talked to Kobe Brett's. Uh, I have not, but. Um, you know, I think there's kids who, who, you know, when they get Nebraska offers, they're going to make that decision really quickly. And, um, you know, they, they want to stay close to home. They grew up. I, I, I noticed in your story that he said he was a fan of Kenny Bell, you know, um, which, you know, all the way up through, you know, maybe the 2014 season, I mean, Nebraska football was pretty fun to follow. Even if they didn't win at the clip that the guys did in the nineties and they were winning nine games a year, there were exciting games or exciting wins. Kids could look up to a Levante David or a Taylor Martinez or a, you know, or a Kenny Bell or Tommy Armstrong and, you know, I don't know if that's true the last couple of years, but um, definitely it was still, you know, true all the way through the 2000s and and all the way through 2014. And so, you know, there's a lot of kids that are in high school now that remember Nebraska football at least being pretty good, um, if not a national champion. Um, and Brett's kind of fits that. Uh, he's a really he's a really good player. You know, I think he has a lot of potential to be really good at Nebraska. Big kid could play outside linebacker, could play safety. Um, I guess I understand why Nebraska took its time in making that offer uh, because they tend to be um, pretty, I don't know what the right word is, but um, patient when it relates to those two positions, safety and an outside linebacker. They don't, they don't, they give out the offers kind of judiciously, but um, when you watch him on tape, you know, you're like, this guy, this guy should play in Nebraska, you know, or he should play in a power five school. And, and now he's got, he's in the fold. And, and I think Nebraska will be pleased they got him. Yeah, there one play he made last year that sticks out just in my mind. I was standing in that end zone in that corner, and in the uh, state semifinals against Millard South, he came across the field. Um, literally, he was he was uh, lined up, I guess, against the slot. I'm talking defense on goal line, and lined up in the slot, and well, was probably like <coughs> probably the five yard line. Line up on the slot on the opposite side. The ball goes opposite him. He chases, and I don't. I forget who he hit, but he hit someone really hard. Yeah. And it was a fumble, literally at the goal line, saved the touchdown. And he just—that's a hustle play that um, that kind of sticks out. He also had some big catches as a wide receiver. He's a big, big. He's a nice looking athlete, big body yeah. guy. 
Nebraska did a really good job of diligently kind of working it with Kenny Wilhite and, and then Barrett Rube stepped in after that. And, so here's, here's one thing I noticed in your story, Mike, that I think is important is that now that Nebraska takes walk-ons as seriously as they do, the relationship doesn't necessarily begin when you decide a guy is a scholarship player. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas I think in the past, you know, well, 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 I'm not trying to knock Mike Riley, but I think there was like, we'll evaluate the walk-ons about three months before we set the class. And right. that's when we'll begin having more of a relationship with them. Well, now the way that Will Height works and the way Nebraska envisions it, these kids know Nebraska for a couple of years, even if they don't have that scholarship offer. And so when the scholarship offer kicks over, it's a, it's a much more seamless transition to, oh, I've been talking to Nebraska for two years. I've been to six games. Right. I, I'm on the sidelines with everybody else, and so I know what they're all about. And so when I get the scholarship offer, it doesn't necessarily take a bunch of time to, um, to feel it out. Right. And so I think that's, that's a good advantage to the way that, that they're recruiting the walk-ons now. Brett's doesn't look like Brett's. Brett's looks like a power five scholarship player, though, and and you know you're right. His his speed. He actually reminds me a little bit different positions, but he reminds me a little of Nick Henrich in in his ability to diagnose plays, and then the speed with which he gets to the ball carrier and where the ball means that you've got good diagnostic abilities and you got a lot of speed. So. Um, I think they got a, I think they got a really nice, uh, really nice football player there, and it's a good year locally with a lot of good local football players, and I think he's one of the better ones. The name that popped into my head with the frame and how they were talking about him was Luke Gifford, the guy that started at safety, transitioned outside linebacker. How do you guys think that he compares to that? Can and making the transition. Hmm. I think he's he's bigger, like taller. I mean, he's he's six three. Luke. Oh, I'm sorry. You said Luke. That's that makes sense. I was thinking Isaac. I was like, never mind. But yeah, okay. Like, can maybe see that. Yeah. Luke um, was a multi-sport athlete, like Kobe is, um, or Brett's is, and and I would say probably one of the different. I, I would say that Brett's is a better. Uh, you know, he's more downhill and more and more physical at this stage of the game than Luke was. But part of that was because Luke played quarterback. quarterback yeah. And so he, he was probably, he was kind of the best player on their team, but he, he was playing sort of, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't just beat the crap out of him because he was their quarterback. <laughs> right. <laughs> and whereas Brett's plays with a little bit more abandon, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and so, what Gifford became, I think, is ideally them sure they'd love Brett's to become that player, whether he's at safety or outside linebacker. But in high school, I'd say Brett's, Brett's plays with a little bit more reckless just physicality um, because Luke had to save himself to throw passes and all that other stuff. Um, but, yeah, that'd be a, that's a good comp. If he ends up being as good as Luke Gifford, I think yeah. that'd be good because Luke was a really good player. Yeah the last season and a half of his career. He, he became in the last half of 2017 and then in 2018, Luke was a really – he was a good player, really good. If, if he ends up being Luke Gifford, then they, they got a good – Yeah, they've done well. They've done really well. Yeah. 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 And, it, and go the, other, the other big piece of recruiting news we should hit real quick is Hunter Salas releasing his top 12. Sauter, you talk to him. Yeah. Um, you know, I – 
I mean, he has blue bloods in there. He has got teams that are, um, I don't want to say up and coming, but kind of up and coming, but I have known recruiters as, as uh, their head coaches and staffs. Uh, Auburn comes to mind. Bruce Pearl is a really good recruiter and Nate Oates at Alabama is a, a, a good recruiter and did a really nice job at Buffalo before he, he got the Alabama job. Um, UCLA, the connection is Michael Lewis, who used to be at Nebraska and recruited Hunter um, when he was at Nebraska. So that was two years ago. Um, Iowa State was the second school to recruit him in 2018, or second school to offer him a scholarship in 2018. There is no surprise that they're in there. And Creighton was the first of the 12 uh, to offer him. And that's partly why they're – I mean, they offered him um, – I think I, I looked it up in the story. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was late November or uh, late October of 2018. So they were on him way early. And as was Nebraska, Coach Miles' staff was – they were they had it early too. Um, was but, it a surprise for you guys not to see Nebraska on there? No, not at all. Um, and I'll tell you, here's why. Here's a couple of reasons why. Um, <clears throat> one, I, I believe if Tim Miles was the head coach, he, he'd probably end up at Nebraska. I, I believe that. Um, and that's why, not, is, why is that? He just had a really good relationship with Coach Miles. He was the literally the first school that recruited him and kind of had him at football games and make made him feel like a star, right? Um, and I think Miles' personality, I, I think Hunter liked that. That and if Michael Lewis was still here on the staff with Miles, then that would have mattered a lot too because obviously UCLA is – it's UCLA, right? But yeah. – UCLA wouldn't be in the mix if Michael Lewis wasn't the assistant coach at, at UCLA. Um, so it, Nebraska not being in the 12, there's a few reasons. One, the coaching change happened, and you got to kind of restart uh, conversations and relationships and all that. Um, two, I don't think it the, the culture that Nebraska has right now isn't fitting with what Hunter wants. What I mean by that is the roster turnover, it's not the coaching staff. He likes Hoiberg, Abdel Massey. There was no issue there with the coaches, Doc, all that. No, no issue with the coaching staff at all. It just is the roster when you're bringing in 21, two, three-year-old guys every year and it keeps changing. Hunter, I think, and his family wanted a little more stability there um, as far as the roster's concerned and knowing uh, who's going to be on the team and not. And I mean, that being said, could the kid be a one and done or two and done guy? Maybe, probably he's talented enough. We'll see. Um, he's got a long, he's got a ways to go to get to that level though. Um, he's got to play hard all the time and do that. But did the, the, some of the kind of questionable character guys that are, that they brought in or have brought in that matters too. And that mattered for, um, for Hunter and Nebraska. It just did. Uh, but you have the other blue bloods, you know, Kansas, Kentucky, um, North Carolina. Like, just to think about that, a kid from Nebraska, that's never happened before, ever. Um, it, the, that level of kind of schools right now. And Gonzaga, I would throw kind of in that sort of mix too, of, of those high, high-end high schools. 
Um, you know, they're in, in the list. Michigan is, is up there in the list, and Jawan Howard's a really good recruiter, and so is his staff. I mean, do you not want to go play for Jawan Howard, who NBA vet, was an NBA assistant forever? I mean, now he's getting ta- – he got talked about yesterday about being the next head coach of the Sixers. Uh, he had to come out with a statement and deny that. So, um, you know, the only school the, – the only two in that category, I guess, that top tier that didn't, uh, offer Duke and Villanova and Villanova. I know for a fact, they, um, uh, they were like, it's too late for us to get involved. And that was like three months ago. So, uh, they just kind of were like, well, you know, we're just too late. Uh, and then Duke and Duke, I, you know, I don't know. And I, they've had no conversations with him as far as I know. Um, haven't reached out, nothing like that. So maybe they just don't like him as a player, and that's their prerogative. Oregon is the other one, and Dana Altman, that connection obviously is uh, a big thing, and, and they are in the mix too and uh, in, that, in that group of 12. A, a funny, crazy, this true story happened here with this. So UConn was going to be one of the 12. But Sunday – so his family, him and his family met about, you know, four or five o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday to get the 12 cut, right? To cut the list to 12. UConn was going to be one of the 12. Well, what happened a few hours before that? Kenya Hunter, it comes out that Kenya Hunter is leaving UConn as an assistant coach to go to Indiana as an assistant coach. So UConn was... UConn was, didn't make the cut in the top 12 because Kenya Hunter left literally the same day that that, that would happen. And then what happens later on Sunday night, Kenya Hunter, assistant coach at Indiana, calls and wants to now get involved with Indiana. So it's kind of – And that is, that is noteworthy because Kenya Hunter was at quite a few Millard North games last year. Yes, and he was an assistant in Nebraska with Miles. That's what I'm saying, like, Miles was still a coach. So that's just a funny kind of story. Like, UConn, here's this, you know, top 20 player in the country consensus. And, um, you know, they could have got him uh, or been in the conversation, right, and, um, to get him. And, and, and then a, a coaching – assistant coaching change happened. And that just tells you more that how – I know everyone says – you should be – you should commit to the school and the school and the school and the school. And it's, it's assistant coaches in relationships more than the, the university of the school. That's just what it is. That's how families and recruits think. Um, and that's just another prime example of it right there. Well, his recruitment will be something to watch. Sorry, Sam, go ahead. Uh, as it relates to Nebraska, one of the differences between college basketball recruiting and college football recruiting – is you basically sign, you make your decision, you commit and you sign before um, your senior season and before the season that the team is going to play when you're a senior. Right. And so I think one of the questions right now, just around Nebraska in general, and we'll, we may see this play out with some of the guys they have, you know, in their 2021 list, um, I think people want to just see Nebraska, you know, put a team out there that looks like it's going to win more games. And that's no knock on the way they're doing things. But 
you know, Hunter Salas is going to make a decision before Nebraska plays this season. If Nebraska won 19 or 20 games this year and seemed to have a little bit more stability, I think it would, it would maybe look different, but you know, um, if you just compare Nebraska's season last year, which was, you know, growing pains and all kinds of things to Creighton's season, I mean, there's no comparison between those two programs at this moment. If you're just going back on last season, um, I, my hope is that, you know, uh, that, that Salas, if he decides to stay closer to home, that he's, he, he goes to Creighton because I actually think Creighton is a program that a will make you better and, and B, um, actually fits some of the things he can do. I just don't get the sense that, that sticking around here is, is what he's going to do. So right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, there's, such a, there's such a wide variety. I mean, there's a long, there's a lot of difference between Kentucky and honestly, even Michigan, but like a big difference between Kentucky and Iowa state, Th- those programs have completely different visions, completely different things. So it'll be interesting to see how he, how he navigates the journey between the vastly different visions of those two programs and, and others. It, and really like Kentucky with the way they recruit, not saying everyone else doesn't, but like, let's say he gets banged up, misses like a, as a freshman and misses half the games. Well, what is Kentucky going to do? They're going to go get the five star. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's, there's, there is a risk with some of that, um, you know, and, and I think, I think it, a couple of things important to him and his family are like that he's going to be taken care of mm-hmm. no matter what happens as a student, as you know, basketball, obviously athletically, physically, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I think that those things are extremely important to him. And the- I think you're going to see college basketball programs backing up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it's going to be that you're going to have eventually high school players can go straight to the NBA and some of it is I think we're we're getting closer and closer to a saturation point in the NBA where, um, you know, you're not going to get into the NBA and just be a star right away It's right. Or, or even play that much. I think you're going to see more kids going G League, one and done types just going there instead, and you're going to see colleges maybe focus a little bit more on the two or the three and done guys. Like, because yeah. – yeah, I don't know. Like, I think the NBA is getting closer and closer to. We want to see what these guys can do outside of a collegiate setting yeah. for forty games before we draft them. Because if you look at back at some of the most recent drafts, some of the players have just been bombs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Markel Fultz won't be in the league in three years. Right. Jalil Okafor is almost out of the league already, yeah. and that was, and he's only been in it for five years. Like, it's yeah. getting harder and harder to to keep these kids in because the quality of the NBA is so high that you're almost running up against, you know, Marvin Bagley is another example. Like some of these guys are not staying in the league, but Marvin Bagley would have been better staying at Duke and learning how to play basketball for 40 right. than going right away. So I think you're going to see some school kind of back up. Hopefully that's what I'd like to see. Yeah. I mean, eventually the one and done, I think they'll, I think they'll get rid of that and go back to just, if you want to go, go, but, <clears throat> but then you run into a lot of issues with, you know, agents and stuff with high school kids. And that stuff happens anyway. I don't care what people say, like that stuff happens. So, um, and one last thing on the Salas deal, I guess, is he, um, you know, people are like, well, he's potentially could be, maybe probably is the, the 
highest recruited kid or whatever all that kind of jargon is in Nebraska. No, like he is. <laughs> there's in the history of Nebraska, there's never been anyone, I don't care the 81, 82 kind of years, like those guys weren't recruited by these type of schools. Right. Um so he is the highest profile, highest recruited kid to ever come out of Nebraska. Um, most recently was Akoya Gao, who went to Louisville, who was just who had just won the national championship. Um, you know, if you look at Woolridge, Strickland, those guys, that ninety one, ninety two, the the Trotters and that. I mean, Trotter was uh, uh, McDonald's All American. He's the only one that's ever there's ever been, and I'm guessing Hunter will likely be one. Um, so. You know, I mean, when you when you look at it, he's he's for sure the the most highest profile and highest level of of basketball player that's ever come out of Nebraska, and he's still got a senior year to go. All right, let's get to the meat and potatoes of why we have Sam on the show today. The Super Six, part of our annual high school football preview, and you guys help pick that every year. We had a good Super Six this year. Nebraska's QB commit was on there big offensive tackle from Elkhorn South. Why don't you guys give your thoughts on the team real quick? Yeah, I'll go first real quick, and then, okay. Sam, you go. Uh, North Dakota State's quarterback commit was not on there. There you go. Sam, you, that, you can take that it. That was definitely an area of contention this year. Right, but he, I think he should have been on there. That's just my opinion. All right, go ahead. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really strong group of players, and, you know, I think it's going to end up being just such a wonderful – year for Nebraska high school football. It's so sad that OPS isn't playing. That's really disappointing. But um, such a wonderful group of, of high school athletes who are going to be seniors. Um, the six we picked are definitely deserving. Then you have a Bretts. Then you have a, a Payton, a Cole Payton, um, Cade Haberman. Um, you know, it's, it's a strong, strong group of you know, Mike Leatherdale, who's probably not – he's probably an FCS guy, but I think he's going to end up being a nice player um, up from Wayne. So, it's, it's, just, it's just a really good year for athletes. Um, you know, if you – it's the, – the one thing you always look at or we try to look at is, is collegiate offers and, you know, what, what these guys are projected to. And there are always some no-brainers there. So, one of the no-brainers is Keegan Johnson. He's probably the best player in the state. Teddy Prohaska, who I think um, – now he's an offensive tackle, so that takes some time to, um, to you know, to develop. Uh, you know, Zach Stirrup wasn't a finished product when he came out of Hastings St. Cecilia. And, and Zach was a better athlete, I think, than Teddy. But it took Zach several years to develop into that player um, at Nebraska. Same is true of Teddy, um, but he's a big-time prospect. Avante Dickerson has done a lot of camps, you know, uh, when, uh, over his junior year, and I think got a lot of offers. Um, we'll see as he continues to develop at a position for what it's worth, cornerback that can get, can be difficult to um, assess at the high school level. Sometimes, like it's just it's just a hard position to assess because there's only so much a cornerback can affect at the high school level <laughs> um, based on the quarterback that they're facing or based on you know. Avante Dickerson, he actually plays with a really good defense, but there could be a great corner in high school who's, you know, playing next to a five foot ten and 159 pound safety. 
You can't. <laughs> there's only so much that corner can do. Um, so that comes into play. Uh, AJ Rollins is, you know, that's probably the one. I'll be really curious to see how he progresses this year. AJ's got some really good offers. Nebraska gave him an offer after last year. He certainly has all the tools, and he is transitioning from. Uh, well, he's he's not transitioning from basketball right now, but he's transitioning from being a basketball prospect. So I'd say AJ is probably a better basketball player than he's football player at this point. But he's a guy that could have 35 catches for 600 yards this year, and then you'll understand, you know, his value. Um, that you know, we don't always pick players from Council Bluffs, but Thomas Fedoni is sort of a uh, you know, no brainer. Uh, he's the best player of the bunch. Um, and uh, and then you know, as I mentioned, Keegan Johnson's a really really good football player who, if he played at a different school, you probably he he he'd pile up more stats. Bellevue West is so loaded that it's it's harder to see it. And then um, Heinrich Harburg, who you know. I, I'm going to go watch him on Friday at Wood River. I think the thing that you're going to see him do a lot of this year is run the hell out of the ball. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to end up running for 800 to 1,000 yards. People will have a better appreciation for what he can do in that part of his game. And then, you know, at the level that Carney Catholic plays at, you, you, you work with the hand you're dealt. His touchdown ratio is high for his completions. Um, you know, he can make the big spectacular play, uh, but, you know, it's kind of like Scott Frost. You, 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 you work with the hand you're dealt. And so, you know, I mean, Scott had the receivers he had at Wood River. And, of course, he had he put up spectacular stats. But um, I think Harburg's going to have a big season. Uh, probably needs to put on a little weight. But uh, I think he'll handle, he'll handle this stuff going pretty well going forward. And, and uh, I'm glad he's on the list. I think he belongs on the list. And I think in three to four years, he could be a very, very good player. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But I think it's a really strong list. We had to leave off two or three guys that we would have, that in other years would have been on there. Yeah, it, it says a lot about Nebraska when you have nine or ten guys who could be the super six, where some years you're kind of stretching to get yeah. to that six. And that's no knock on any of the past years. It's not, you know, the one thing that I that I think needs to be, and this this is this goes back actually the the Hunter Salas conversation too. The city of Lincoln's got to start producing more more high level prospects. You know, um, I think the 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 Williams family, Donovan and Bryson, they've done their part. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they provided they provided the city with <laughs> with their best high school talent in their respective sports, but and of course they're now on to college. So um, unless there's another family out there that can fit that bill, um, the city's got to the city's got to develop the kids a little bit more. Um, I think Nebraska. You know, there's only so much a college can do, but I think, you know, the University of Nebraska has got to say, hey, why is Lincoln Hoops nowhere near what Omaha is? Are are the kids down here just not any good? Or um, they need to figure that out. That needs to be developed. And and I think, you know, we there's no Lincoln High School football prospects on this Super 6. And to be very honest with you, I I don't know that there was anybody in our top 10. And um, that doesn't mean there's not good players down here, but I think they've got to prove that. Um, and sort of emerge uh, that goes for walk-ons down here. You know, will there be a local walk-on who's a really elite player um, at Nebraska? We'll just have to see. But for now, it, it, it seems like outstate Nebraska does a better job and Omaha does a better job and Lincoln needs to kind of pick up its game. 
The, the best prospect in Lincoln is probably Jake Applegate at Southeast, and he's a junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's he's, If you look at it. And then um, Burton at South. I mean, Nolan Lewis is a, you know, D2 defensive end at Southwest. There just isn't a lot right now. Um, and, frankly, hasn't been a ton. I mean, Gifford was really good. Isaac was really good. Yes, he was. Super six. So Isaac was on our list, but again, that's a. And I don't mean to to knock the city, right? But you know, you know, Isaac and Luke's dad. Yeah. 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 Well, Isaac and Luke's got where they are in part because their dad is who he is. Right. Right. He's a principled, um, hardworking, good father that got that family in position to be where they're at. You know, like it's part of it's him. Right. And so if it isn't an individual family like the Giffords or Donovan and Bryson, uh, how does, how is the systemic, like how is the system in the community? I think that's the thing that we're, you know, you got to see, get back to where it used to be in the nineties where, okay, yeah, Barrett and Bo Rude were great players, but there was Ty Gifford and there was, you know, there was Ty, there was Ty good. And there was all these other guys who who were good too you know what i mean like it wasn't just it wasn't just one guy it was you know it was a bunch of guys in the community and um that's what's missing and i'm I'm not sure exactly what's happened there um but you know unless you have a family who's just really talented then you you know you you've got to ask yourself how is this is the system producing the athletes that you want it to and what can nebraska if anything do to help that because on women's basketball the the you know, girls basketball in Lincoln is still really good. It's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. How is that not translated over to boys basketball and boys football? I get that'd be the question. Do you think the football thing is uh, no middle school football at the at, no tackle football at the middle schools? Do you think that maybe has something to do with it or no? That's probably a question that I need to start asking, or you, or someone of like yeah. how because I know you know this too. I don't know how Huff. I mean Huffman brings in players from other areas. Let's be clear about that. There are kids who go to Bellevue West as freshmen who weren't necessarily in the Bellevue West middle school football pipeline. Right. Um, but, you know, you know this. I mean, the, they got junior Mustangs. They got junior Patriots out in Millard, um, junior Wildcats. And so there's there's a developmental system that gets those players going. And I don't think it's that much of a surprise that Millard South, Millard North, and Millard West are really good. Most of the time, um, I don't know that there's that. There was a group of kids that stayed together in Lincoln um, who kind of went through, and then they went and played at Lincoln High, and they got pretty good for a couple of years. Yeah. And that's kind of how it happens. You got to get a group of kids together that want to stick together, that uh, that want to that want to play together, and then they kind of go together. And now that you know Lincoln High is going to open two more high schools in however many years, two, uh, two more, uh, three, three yeah, four more years. The question kind of becomes at some point, okay, how, you know, how do you get this? How do you get this system to work kind of together? Um, and I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure how that happens. But uh, I was talking to somebody recently, Mike, that you and I both know that said, you know, Nebraska doesn't necessarily understand that some of these kids in Omaha, they – they look at Nebraska as the University of Nebraska is a completely different place. Yeah, like it's it might as well be another planet or another state. Right, um, and that's true. Like yeah, it's yeah. not, 
you know, I don't know how much Nebraska is on the radar of some kids, you know, that, that live in the city of Omaha. And that's not no knock on Nebraska. That's just Omaha. Um, but every kid who lives in Lincoln knows where Nebraska's at. Right. Because it's like, it's like five feet from where they hang out downtown. So, right. You know. that's, that's totally that's true. That, totally true. The, the Omaha Metro kid, and I've said this before, and I, I believe it. These kids haven't seen Nebraska win in their lifetime right? And football-wise. And until that happens, they're not, you know, like, yeah, their parents or uncles or whatever saw Nebraska be really good when they were growing up. And a lot of people in this state can't understand that thinking. Well, like, think back to when, you know, I'm 40. Think back to when I was in high school. Nebraska was awesome. Like that was all anyone ever did thought about whatever. And well, okay. Now, if you look at it, you're like, now you're thinking that's like Alabama right now, right. Or LSU or Ohio yeah. State or something. And, and that made a difference. Well, they, they haven't won anything of significance besides a few games a year in these kids, literally lifetime. <laughs> Most of that, not lifetime, lifetime, but you know, like, since they were 10, the last six, seven years, the, the years that matter as far as recruiting stuff. Um, this this so, feels like a natural transition, not to cut you off. It feels like a, a natural bring it back to our Super 6 because there are the only two uncommitted, Rollins and Fedone, have Husker football recruiting ties. And how do we expect that kind of playing out? They both play the same position. They could both be competing for the same spot at Nebraska. I, they'll both. They'll, I think that at the end of the day, they're both going to be in Nebraska. That's just my assumption. Um, I, I think Rollins ends up in Nebraska. It's Nebraska or Missouri, and I, I think that, that he ends up at Nebraska. And I do think Thomas. That's what in, ends up happening. Too. And we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, the twenty fifth. Fedone is expected to make his decision tomorrow, mm-hmm. and we're expecting it to be Nebraska. I think everyone. I think everyone in the state is expecting it to be Nebraska at this point. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think I think uh, Fedoni and Rollins will end up at Nebraska. It's been yeah, it's hard, it's challenging to talk to for us. I mean, you can't talk to them about current recruits anyway. Right. But I believe that there's going to be a subtle adjustment in, uh, in the offense, um, and that you're going to see a little bit more um, tight end uh, emphasis. That's a player they can recruit to Nebraska. There's there's actual tight ends in the region who are really good players who will go to Nebraska. Um, and then I just think that's 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 where the evolution of the of the sport is going. You know, if you look at the NFL, you look at college. Um, you know, Clemson's got a great tight end. Alabama's got a great tight end. Ohio State's got a tight end. Um, the best teams in the NFL are using two or three tight ends on every play. Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers, uh, Baltimore Ravens. They're using these big-bodied guys who are versatile and can play either an inline blocker or fast enough to be able to beat a safety down the field. And you don't tip your hand quite as easily when you've got a couple of tight ends that are kind of bunched up and then, oh, oh Thomas Fedoni goes and flexes out. Oh, shoot. Now you got a, you know, you got a uh, outside linebacker on Thomas Fedoni 
And there, I don't think there's an outside linebacker in Wisconsin's football program that can cover him. I don't care who Thomas commits to, whether it's Nebraska or Iowa or wherever. Uh, whoever that, wherever he goes, I don't think there's a Wisconsin out, outside linebacker that's covering Fedoni. So then you got to put a safety on the field. Well, okay, then you bring Fedoni back inside and he becomes an inline blocker. All of a sudden, you got a power set against a nickel. Um, I think that's where Nebraska is going to. Scott Frost is never going to stay stagnant. He will never. He will never act as if um, they cannot get better there. He's always going to try to innovate offensively, and I think the innovation is going to be moving toward this. Um, we're going to have big bodies all over the field. Our receivers are going to be six two. We might have a couple little guys in here somewhere, but we're going to be a big football team, and you're not going to know where we're going all the time. Um, you won't be able to determine based on our based on our personnel whether we're going to run power or we're going to be spread. And I think Fedoni fits into that. I think Rollins fits into that. Um, and I, you know, they could take a third tight end. It wouldn't surprise me if they did. It just and that's the that's the name that we should add to this discussion: Norris tight end James Carney. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a kid. There's a kid that's 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 uh, down down south who. They take. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to Nebraska, but you know, once Fedoni gets in the ball, then all of a sudden, it, if he's in, then all of a sudden, other people are looking at this and going, well, "That's interesting. That guy's going there." Um, you know, sometimes it's it's weird, but really good recruits committing somewhere attracts more good recruits. It's just that's why a quarterback in a class is so important. And Heinrich has done a really good job of recruiting as a peer. Um, it's one of the first times that I've seen a quarterback just just knock it out of the park in the way that he handles it, and I don't think it's any coincidence that he's an in-state kid, and he he really he wants to win at Nebraska for reasons above and beyond his own personal glory, and and I think it I think this class that Nebraska's putting together is pretty dang good because I think a lot of these kids are going to want to play in Nebraska, and I think Fedoni I think Fedoni will be a part of that. That was the thing that stood out, and I'm not the first to say this, at the Super 6 photo shoot, all those in-state guys, all that have been at Nebraska camps, Nebraska games together, you could see that connection. The They had the, like they were teammates. They had the joke. They had the, let's grab Fedoni and bring him down to Lincoln, impromptu. The, the, the two that didn't were uh, Dickerson and Keegan Johnson. They, they kind of hung out by themselves. Uh, and which was interesting because you know obviously Keegan's going to Iowa and uh, Dickerson spurns Nebraska for Minnesota. So, hey, Sam, real quick, maybe the last question here: Do you think AJ Rollins could be turned into a tackle? Um. Well, I think that would take a lot. Yeah, I think. I think uh, that's that's always possible, um, but you know uh, he's six four and a half, six five. They want their tackles to be very, you know, they want their tackles to be tall. Um, you know, and he's have got to, a frame. Know. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, it's possible. It's possible. You know, um, I don't think again that there's any opposition to putting a tight end on the field who might be six five and two fifty five or two sixty. If that guy can run, um, but you know, you there's a couple different theories about about offensive tackles, and like one of them is you you want him to be 320, 325, 
for a variety of reasons, or you're comfortable with a guy being 6'7", 285, or 290 if he's an elite athlete. And uh, so, you know, I think AJ would have to grow a little, and then I think you'd have to be comfortable with him not necessarily playing at 315. Right. Um, my sense of Nebraska is, based on some of the guys that they're recruiting, they want they want tall um, and they want big. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, Henry Lutovsky, who I think, by the way, is going to be a – Henry Lutovsky is one of my top three recruits in the class. He's underrated. He's a ready – you know, he could go in and play right away kind of guy. He's 6'5 and about 335. So, right. you know, he's right. a man for 18, and, and uh, that's what they're kind of looking for, really big football players who can, you know, who can fit in the Big Ten. Right. To me, Rollins seems more likely to follow that Chris Hickman, get him on campus, decide if he's a tight end, an outside linebacker, or flex out a wide receiver. Well, hey, if they, if they think they can make an outside linebacker out of him, um, I'm telling you right now, that, that's a premium position. Right. That, that's a position that I think Nebraska is still working through, like how they're going to – they're working through a lot of things on defense. I could talk about that for an hour and a half. But I think that position is right at the top of the list. So they're, they would look at anybody, but I, I don't know if that's – I don't know. That guy's got to be a dude, man. Yeah, he's. I don't know if they've recruited. <laughs> they've recruited one guy in Patrick Payton, who you're like, yeah, that guy. He could be great, but you know, he may go to Penn State. So <laughs> it's just they're they're still working on they're still working on D line and outside linebacker. You know, they've got their inside linebackers, I think, pretty well set. But those two positions, D line and outside linebacker, are still a journey. Well, I think that's all we have for today. We look forward to Sam having your expertise on high school football this year and having oh, you have some games. <laughs> Un- unfortunately, no Husker football, but. Oh, you know, I don't have any expertise, Brent. <laughs> but I am going to go watch Heinrich Harburg this weekend. I'm going to go watch him on Friday play Woodward. Sam, how many, how many more uh, Nebraska high school football experts are there going to be this year with no Nebraska football? Many. But see, they got to go to the games. I, you know, like if I were some TV station, I'd put these games on TV. You know, (laughs) I like being on the sideline. I'll take that. All right. I think it'll be a very interesting year for high school football, and we'll be there to cover it all. Sam, I want to thank you again for joining us. Until next time, thanks for listening. As the official team doctors for high school and college teams across greater Omaha, MD West One Sports Med doctors can get you back into the game stronger than ever. Meet the Sports Med team at mdwestone.com or call 402-390-4111.